Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Yo, did you see that game, man? Man, that shit was bullshit, dog. I mean, how did motherfucker? Who's who, calling? Who the fuck is calling us? Hold on, man. Hello? Hi, this is the front desk calling. I'd like to speak to O.C. First one up uh, from Daniel. Bent. Yo, what's good, my guys? I'm old school. I know this when Lil Lim Hardcore album. Lim. I know this when Lil Lim. No, Kim? Kim, 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 yeah. Ooh, you got it's it. A it's a typo. Fuck that. Here's the windup and the pitch. $10, a lot of money. <laughs> that was my beat, my meat time. I was like 15, maybe 16. When I heard WAP, I was feeling like a Karen. You know, when them bitches get offended, they close their robe by their neck real tight. Cardi B got all the females <laughs> acting like they got it too. Shake my head. Yo, Andy, I bet your girlfriend is bumping that song between meetings. LOL. Cardi B and the Megan the Stallion are some bad bitches. But can't say I'm a big fan of their rapid abilities, but to each his own. Listen, Daniel, my question is, would you beat your meat to little Kim the way she looks now? Because she was in transition. She still looked human and not like a Japanese woman. Um, does your girl, you think your girl would listen to WAP? No, she, uh, my girl listens to like, uh, she, I mean, we both like listen to a lot of like old classic rock and uh, soul music. I don't get the, Tara's a rap fan at all. No, she's not. It's classic rock and uh, okay. and and uh, soul music. So if you, I mean, you you're a rap fan, but if- I'm I'm an old school rap fan, dude. Like when you when you right. like I'm out. Like I like as a, when I hit when I got into my 40s, I think I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, you know what? I'm an old head. I don't appreciate the music anymore. 
I'll stick to what I used to listen to, and that's right. kind of where I, where I stopped. And then, I, honestly, in music in general, that's why I listen to like more. Like I, I love I love listening to older music. That's so. Would your girl go with you in support uh, to a De La Soul concert? Yeah, she would. She would. Yeah. All right. Good girl. Um, Sergio Sosa. There's no lying in you, Tony. Uh, yo, Aries, I, although I have written into the show, I'm still an average listener. Although I have written in, I think he meant to say haven't written in. I'm still an avid listener to the podcast. A lot has happened since I last wrote in. From COVID-19, Kobe's death, Rogan's Spotify deal, Joey Diaz calling it quits on his podcast, alleged sexual allegations on both Chris Delia and Brian Callen, and now the death of Chadwick Boseman. So much to talk about and catch up. I got to give Andy props. Since this pandemic, he has been more clear on his arguments and better prepared. He is coming to his own on the mic. Kudos, Andy. <laughs> Thanks. Take that, you Wendell. Yeah, 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 say call Wendell. Um, how have you been since episode 138? You let it all, you left it all on the podcast and it was gold. But you haven't spoken much about that episode since. I was disappointed that your show in Chicago was canceled, but I will be there in January of 2021 supporting. I just wanted to check in with you and let you guys know I'm still one of your day ones. So keep us laughing, thinking, and talking. Um, to answer your question, Sosa, uh, how I've been since then, is that my career in there? <laughs> Andy liked that, the shit in the toilet. I did. Um, I wasn't expecting it at all. That was perfect. I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> um, I didn't. Rec- it's okay. Yeah. We, we, we'll, yeah. That's a bump in the road. We, we, and for the folks, we're not going to have a visual on this one because, again, we, it's just a bump in the road. It's not, it's not a habit for us to do this, so we got to get that reflex muscle working. Uh, it's too late now. Yeah, but we can get maybe a clip from it. Okay. Fuck it then. Go ahead. Keep going. All right. Um, to answer your question, man, um, you know, everything's still the same. Um, I realize that, you know, in order for things to change, I have to change. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Um, so I'm always a work in process, a progress. Um, so stay tuned, brother. But but it's good to hear from you again, man. Sergio, Sosha. there's no lying in you, Tony. You fucking little monkey. Hey, take it easy when you talk to me. Um, I know. I like it. The dark one. Uh, subject Chadwick. Peace, Aries. Peace, Andy. My initial reaction in t- to his passing was anger. I pretty much felt how you felt, Aries. Feeling like life favors the wicked more, if not only. Andy, you may be right about the eternal slumber being a reward for the pure, but some part of you may admit that this may set a bad example for those trying to walk the straight and narrow as they'll be tempted to turn to the dark side. But then again, maybe eternal rest may still be an initiative for the meek to continue doing good. Who knows? I shared a dream I had along with a clip of the SNL skit he did as T'Challa on Black Jeopardy to my socials. Oddly, I had this dream the night after he died, which is a first for me regarding previously deceased celebrities. I wrote that he was a guest in my home. I threw him a going away party, but he said he couldn't stay long. We hugged, exchanged Wakandas forever. Then he took off. 
I was going to go into detail about several options Marvel had in order to continue without Chaswick until I just now came across news that Shuri, T'Challa's sister, will be the next Black Panther reportedly. Oh, really? So they really are going to? Okay. Which was number one on my list in order of most likely to less likely. I doubt I don't doubt she'll be she'll do an awesome job and that this will be a huge impact on young black women worldwide. I just selfishly wish we had at least six more years of T'Challa since we had a decade of both Captain America and Iron Man. And that was the point that I made yeah, in the last yeah, yeah, email. Yeah. That's why it's like I and I'm stopping reading for a second. Yeah, I could see his sister doing that and that would be a respectful way to pick up the mantle. But damn, dude, this was this was the big gun for us. Um, in regards to other things mentioned on episode 183, Andy, I heard you say that you know or believe Trump will be gone. I've said this before. I'll say it again. This is the same type of thinking that cost Clinton the last election against Trump. People thought he said, grab him by the what? Oh, he's done. No need going to the polls. We have to stop thinking, talking and thinking like this. Never underestimate the enemy, stupid people especially. They slithered their way, and last time, we can't be overconfident about this as we were last time. I'm no longer religious, uh, but this reminds me of a Bible verse that so-called religious folks memorize but seem not to comprehend. Faith without works is dead, meaning by all means, pray to God for what you need, but in addition to that, get off your ass and pl- play your part in obtaining what you need while God handles the supernatural. Uh, listen, Darkwin, I think I may have said this before, but that to me feels like horseshit. That's to me one of those uh, religious sayings, you know, faith without works is dead. That's a hypocritical thing to me. Again, you also go power and prayer. Why you need to do both? If there's power in prayer, then you shouldn't have to do anything if you believe it. That's another one. Let go and let God. So if there's power in prayer and you're letting go and you let God, then why do I have to do anything? Because that's what's what, the point of it? That's what you're here for is to do things. No, no. But I mean, he, he's going faith without works is dead. So you, you got to pray, but you also got to do something. Yeah. yeah. That don't make sense to me. Martin Luther King just didn't give speeches and say, hey, this is what you got to do and then and pray for it. He actually went out. He worked for it. There, there was work that was put in. So do you don't think Martin Luther King could have accomplished what he accomplished without prayer? He needed the two had to go together. I don't think I think what they mean by that is that his spiritualness needed the prayer. The, the internal needed the prayer so that he could he could go ahead and, and, and fight past the times when he didn't want to fight anymore or didn't feel that he had the strength to fight anymore. That's what God gives okay. you, the ability to stand up to, to the... All right. That, that's what I'm... Th- but I wanted, I wanted to clarify something. When I said he's out of here, I'm not saying... Uh, and, and you're right. I should be careful how I say that. But my point was is that I think there, there's too many people uh, and that see what's happening. Not And I, I just mean the movement of what he's done is going to bring out more people than ever to vote. So it's actually, I was looking at it the opposite way of what you just said, but yes, saying that could uh, persuade people maybe to stay at home. I think people are so fed up and so embarrassed and so want to see a change that they're going to come out. Now, Biden isn't the best change, but he is better of the two. And that's all we're voting for right now is the better of the two. Uh, But it's better. 
because uh, there was something that I guess I wanted to say is that I, I really feel like I, I see what Trump does to the rest of the world. And I think that maybe some of the things that Trump did with China and with some other places maybe have would be good for America. But America is not going to be destroyed. I don't believe we're going to get destroyed by China or Russia or North Korea. But I do believe we could destroy ourselves. And Trump was working to do that within by separating all of us. And so Biden might not be the best choice for the economy. He might not be the best choice on everything that has to do with the direction that we want this country to go into. But I think he's going to keep us from imploding. I think that he will see there's significant changes that need to happen. I think that he is, uh, you know, I mean, I I joked about it like he's the same person who he's always been. But I, I don't think that eight years next to Obama and who he was and the changes that they saw needed to be done. I think he's ready to, to do some things. So, and I think that there's enough people out there who are just so tired of Trump that are going to come out and vote. I, I've never seen white women as angry as Trump is that I see right now. Uh, I see uh, black America angry at Trump. I see young, the youth angry at Trump. And I think all those people are registering to vote. I think they're all coming out. That's why I think he's gone. I don't think it's because of any other reason. Well, here's, here's the fantastic news. It's either going to happen that way or it's not. So, again, to be continued, because if it goes down the way you just described, then, God damn it, it gives us hope for a better day. If we can do that, then maybe there is light at the end of the as tunnel. As long as the, we remember that's the start. Okay, but if he don't, if he comes back for a second term, it's, it's not, doomsday. It's, yeah, it's not going to be good. It's doomsday. Um, this is from Michael... Go Lucky. Go, it's either Go Lucky or Go Lucky. Uh, hey, Aries, recently, after re-watching some of your old stand-up, it dawned on me to check your social media. Sure enough, you're active as hell on Instagram. I reached out to you because I saw you were engaging with, and he puts in caps, everyone in the comment sections, which is, t- nigga, turn the caps down because that's not true. That's literally not true. I send a private message concerned with engaging with trolls was bad for your mental health. You even responded to me and turned me to this podcast. I'm so excited to binge through old episodes and keep up with the new. I appreciate both you and Andy's insight and humor. Keep it up. All right. Enough jerking you off. Here's my question. On episode 184, you played a clip of your mother singing. Besides it being beautiful, I could literally feel the love you have for your mother. You mentioned how she... Supported you to pursue comedy. Have you noticed amongst your peers that part of the secret sauce to some success in the entertainment industry industry is a great relationship with your parents? That really goes either or. There's some people who have great relationship with their parents and go on to take part in the family business. Uh, I think like the Douglases are an example. Yeah. Uh, Michael was tight with Kurt. Um until they had their, they had a fight over right. Hollywood. Right. Um, Tom Hanks' son is is acting. Yeah. Um, but then at, at, at the same time, I think sometimes that's probably why kids go into show business because they hate their parents. Angelina Jolie and her dad didn't go well. No. John Voight. So you know that's really a that's really a toss up. Um, so you know, I hope that answers it, brother. Um, Larry Hodges. NBA player social chains. And we kind of mentioned this. 
what up, fellas? I, was, I wanted to respond to Aries' criticism of the NBA players. I have to agree with Annie on this one. Who? Whoops. <laughs> old, old Scoob. <laughs> we shouldn't downplay the importance of the NBA allowing players space to speak on social justice issues. They are miles ahead of the NFL and have come a long way from the 1990s when Craig Hodges, no relation, was blackballed for being too outspoken on politics. Yes, what the NBA and other sports are doing is symbolic, but don't downplay the importance of symbolism. Athletes and entertainers can't make laws or force bad politicians out of power. I beg to differ. And again, we don't know because we ain't seen it. So let's try it. Anyway, what they can do is positively influence our society and plant the seeds for better laws and better politicians in the future. Kids look up to them for inspiration. They have the power to influence the future generations of people who will run the world. Of course, the long-term game won't stop police from killing black men today, but the sad truth is nothing will. We don't know that. Larry? There's no law or public policy that will abolish racism or bad policing. People just need to be conditioned to be anti-racist. Lastly, I have a question for both Aries and Andy. Which five comics do you think are the best actors? Mine are Robin Williams, Jamie Foxx, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, and Chris Rock. Bruh, I can tell you right now, you got to take Chris Rock <laughs> up out of there and put it in Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is a great dramatic actor for a comedian. Robin Williams, I have no problem with at all. You know how I feel about Jamie. Richard Pryor, that's all, a... you, all you got to see is Lady Sings the Blues. You ever seen that? Yeah. Why you say that's uh Because oh, his overall body of acting isn't stellar, Richard Pryor. He's... But his overall body of acting is is comedy. Yeah. I mean, his only dramatic roles was JoJo Dancer, Your Life is Calling, and Lady Sings the Blues. He was phenomenal in both. Yeah. JoJo... Jojo Dancer, especially because you, you, it's hard to play yourself, right? Or parody of yourself, however you want to look at it, right? Uh, that was a tough role, but there's actors, there's comedic actors that. Well, and Eddie Murphy, we see in his body work. Uh, Chris Rock is one of the worst actors in comedy, nigga. I, I don't know if y'all really like. I don't know why you. What made you, dude? You 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 can tell when you look at go look at Lethal Weapon. When he was in Lethal Weapon, you can see him thinking. He got he has this one move that he always does where he's waiting to react, and he 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 rocks his head from left to right. When when whenever he he does this move, like Chris Rock's horrible. I mean, but is he talking like leading actors? Because Kevin Pollock, I think, is a is a good comedian. Yeah. A few good men. Kevin Pollack was great. Yeah, and even in uh, uh, the Usual Suspects, he's good in that. Um, he, he, there's a bunch of movies that he's been in that I think he's done really good. Why do you in. hate them so much? Because they beat up and tortured a weaker kid. Why? Because he couldn't run very fast. Why do you like them so much? Because they stand up against a wall and they say nothing's going to hurt you tonight. Not on my watch. It's good. Yeah, but there's, there's, I think there's a, I think comedians, I think there's certain comedians, and they have to have a certain, you know, obviously skill set. But I think comedians make great actors, uh, if if they have the skill set, their their uh, their empathy for delivering uh, personal messages through comedy is what right. one of the things that we do. So delivering the line to get the feeling is something that I think right. comes 
I, I, honestly, I'm not kissing your ass on this, but when I watch you act, you do a great job. And you always say that you're not, I'm not a great actor, but I think it's because you deliver what you, how you, your presence delivers. I, I, it. I think I'm decent in what I've been given. I, 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 if you gave me something where I had to dig deep and pull out that shit, I don't know because I've never done it. I've never been challenged like that. But I just, I just look at, I look at the gravity of the moment in those scenes, and I just go, God damn. You know, Denzel and John Q sitting next to his son before he's supposed to kill himself, and you know. You got to treat women like they're princesses. You, 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 you got to be good, son. Try not to curse too much. And that tear dribblet on the tip of his nose. I don't know about that. Sean Penn. Is that my daughter? <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. You haven't been given that yet, though. That's true. I, I, I think it's there. I, I really I, I think it's there. I think you can tell when people have it. I do think, though, on his list, the people that he named in the beginning, Robin Williams and Jamie Foxx, are probably two of the best Yes, done it all time. But you don't think Jim Carrey's right there? I, I think Jim Carrey comedically is there. In his com- drama. His drama movies. The, the Truman Show? He's, he's so big. It's always so big. You think so? It's always big. Even in the drama? Yeah, it's always bigger than life, you know? It's always big. But I think he's good. Those two, though, the two, Jamie Foxx uh, and Robin Williams. I, I, Robin Williams' first movie that I ever saw him do was uh, The World According to Garp, and I think it's a great movie. I never even heard of that. Dude, it is a great, it, it is a great movie. Serious? It's a serious movie, and it was fucking great. I yeah. mean, but, but I like Bill. Well, Bill Murray's not a stand-up though, but he's a comedian. But oh, oh, you know who we're missing in this? It's, it's, Steve Carell. Uh, Steve Carell's good, but the the uh, fuck now I'm not going to remember his name. Um, dude, 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 he he was he, he was started off at stand-up, and he was so he he's known Steve as an actor. Martin? No, Steve Martin did a great job though too. Uh, why can't I remember this guy? He was in. Uh, I I don't even. What's can, the movie? I can't even remember a movie right now. He played one of the bad guys in, uh, was it the Batman movie? Where he could fly. Was it a Batman movie? Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton. He started off as a comic. Stand-up? Stand-up. He was a stand-up. A proficient stand-up. Everybody thought he was going to make it as a comic. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And he turned into nothing but an actor. Right. Well, maybe that's... You can stop and think about it. That's because he was better at that than stand-up. No, no, no. They say he was a really? great stand-up. Yeah. Like, I think he was a comedy store regular. Like, he was mit- like Mitzi-supported comedian. Like, he was he was one of those guys out there at the time. What do you think of Adam Sandler? Straight. Uh, what was the movie that he... Spanglish? I like the, the, the funny people. The one about right that I thought he did. I thought he did a good yeah. job, dude. I'd like, um, dude. I wish I could remember names. The young dude that just has the movie that just came out that Judd Apatow did with him, um, Pete, Pete, Pete Davidson. Davidson. Dude, he did a great job for his first movie. I didn't see that movie, dude. He, I think he did a great, but it's based on his life again, right. uh, and uh, I, I think you're. Yeah, I think I think a lot of comedy obviously derives from pain. Yeah, and he hit, so, yeah he you know you hit it when you can. That's like you know, I'm not a fan of a lot of rappers in movies. I'm not a fan of rappers being comedies. Uh, I think that's just an insult. Um, 
But dramas, yeah, rap rappers come up in a in a world where nigga shit is real. Shit is rough. Shit is painful. So I think that's why a lot of them What did you can think translate. about 50 in power? It was good. It was okay for what it was. You didn't think it was great? It didn't blow my socks off, nigga. Like Tupac and Juice. No, that was different. That was like cuz he's a whole that's a different speed and arc of a of a of a human being. Like he right. hit everything that he did and he blew up everything that he did. Like Will Smith, you know, for yeah. a rapper, Will Smith is, you know. No, and he he's a good actor. I I know you didn't like Ali as far as like the Hey man. I thought he did a great job though. You I, supposed I, who who my poser, man? I'm Muhammad Ali. I know you that? Yeah, I know you <laughs> didn't like the, the the sound that he got, but dude, to transform from being the French prince. I, you know what? I, I, there's a they've been running the French uh, Fresh Prince all because the French Prince that the, the French Prince that almost sounds like a sketch yeah the Fresh Prince they've been running it for the 30th anniversary they were running it all night and I saw an episode where he's standing up uh, and uh, right face to face to the Vander Holyfield and I thought about that as him as Ali and it's like such a transformation because it didn't look it looked like a, it looked like you know this skinny kid standing right. and then he plays the part of one of the the, the biggest you know heavyweights ever yeah man i thought he did a great job again physically he was the guy but I, he had to put himself in that physical look okay, he wasn't that, that look but that nothing can stop you from doing that you can accomplish that the acting is a different thing you're not automatically by birthright going to be able to do that if you don't have the skill set yeah if you want to be a lawyer you can be a lawyer you want to be a doctor you can be a doctor you just have to go to school and do all the technical shit, and you can be that. You can't just be a comedian. Did you ever see the Chris Rock movie where his brother is like a CIA agent, and his brother gets killed, but no one knows that he's dead, so they get Chris Rock, who's supposed to be... It's his like twin brother, but he's like the loser in, that, in, the, in the two. No. And they get him to play the part of the CIA agent. That one's actually not bad. Okay. Uh, oh, and Larry Hodges says, uh, I guess there's a quote from, yeah, he said, I, I didn't read the tail end of it. It says, peace, my dudes, keep the podcast coming. Larry Hodges, and there's a quote by Abraham Lincoln, nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Yeah, you know, I, Abraham Lincoln loses steam with me because this is the same man that also said black people aren't, uh, is equal to white people and second class citizens, and that they should have remained slaves. So, but fuck him. You know, this is where my here we go. I'm going to throw it out there. I don't give a shit because the pedantic part will come out for this, and uh, I'll get a bunch of shitty emails. I don't care. We don't know of what he said because this is the thing about Lincoln, and maybe it's just my whiteness that wants to believe that this is that this is how it was. But he was a horse trader. He gave up things to get people to do what he wanted them to do. And he wanted everything that happened to happen. He made trades for that. But going into a southern community and saying those things to get what he wanted is what the justification is that some historians put on that. I'm not saying that's the truth. I'm not even saying that I believe it. I would like to believe it. I'm not saying it's true. Right. Okay. But damn, I'd li- I would like to believe it. I have a. I'm. I'm. I'm there, there's ten percent of me that, come, that that says, "Dude, 
just be honest. And the 90% is like, I, I want it to be that. But it's not. I hope it is. But, man, realistically, man, this country, man, how do you? I got to say, Cap, I miss that giddy optimism. <laughs> uh, from Michael Smith, uh, Primetime TV. Miss Spears, I'm a huge fan. I've always loved your comedy. I still remember you from the episode of A Different World. Uh, you did where you were dancing with AJ Sanders. She is a hot piece of ass then and still is. I'm gonna quote Biggie. Bring some weed. I got a story to tell. <laughs> That's as far as I'll go with that. Um What's up, Andy? Mazeltoff. And with all that good stuff, Mr. Spears, I was just dying to ask you, since I'm a huge fan of your comedy, which is very raw. I was wondering if you'd ever do a cheesy family sitcom if it ever got offered to you. A sitcom like Will Sasso's new sitcom, United We Stand. Cedric's sitcom, The Neighborhood, Full House, or like how Rondell Sheridan played the father on That's So Raven, or Dwayne Wayne, a.k.a. Kadeem Hardison, plays the father on a Nickelodeon show now. Would you ever do jobs like those? I love the podcast. I can't start my Wednesdays without it. You know, Michael, I think I've said this before. Fortunately for me, I can still go on the road and stand up pays the bills. Um, If I had a choice, hell no. I like shit that gets my shit wet, nigga. Like, Like, that gets me power. NYPD Blue. Law and Order. The Sopranos, you know, it's, it's, there's a, Tony in an episode said to Richie April when Richie was bitching about something, he goes, you're like a woman with a Virginia ham under your arm, but you're complaining because you got no bread. Like you're fucking hungry and you got a ham under your arm, but you're bitching about bread. It's like, to have a job, Chris Rock, the, the worst job in show business is better than the best job out of it. To have a job on TV, exposure, good money, you sound crazy turning that down. But at the same time, you don't want to do something you're not passionate about. So if it was offered to me, would I take it? Most people would say I would be a fool to say no. You're on a weekly show with a weekly check, a TV check. That's Money, nigga. And, but if, and asses in seats. And asses in seats. Well, yeah, that, you know. Yeah, but that comes with because people know you now. Right. But but if I'm not happy doing what I'm doing and I'm miserable, is that the way you live? I, I like TV that's gritty. You said it. My stand-up raw. That's the shit getting my beak wet, man. If TV sitcoms was what they was in the 70s, all in the family, the, the Jeffersons. There was a rawness, a realness. Everything is cookie cutter now, fluff. So that don't excite me. You haven't seen Black as Fuck, though. On what is table. it? Black as Fuck. That Netflix thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's Netflix. Yeah. You can do that. Do you know, the, you know how they brought up the Cedric show? Right. I would like the Cedric show if Cedric's character 
and I, I can see you doing this character, was based on the father of Chris and Eric, the guy, the, the two black kids that live next door to me. Right. Because I got to hear, you know, you, you know, he'd, he'd yell some shit out, and you know, and he would yell at Eric. He didn't know that I was around, and I, right. I got to hear like an older black man's right. how he really felt about this white fucking next door neighbor and, right. and his kids. Right? If they didn't try to make that show so palatable for what for the white audience, and it could be a little Cedric show. Yeah, I'm so glad you're going this direction. Go ahead. I think that show would be. Inc- I think it would be so much more honest to get to to let people in. And that's on CBS, which of all the networks is like the most conservative. Yeah, like the CBS, it's like Christian broadcasts. You just said it more palatable. And here's what's so funny. I don't know if any. I just want to knock on Cedric, by the way. I just wanted to say that. No, no, knock on. Listen, um, to any of you who may have picked this up, and maybe you didn't, one, because I know, and two, just because, you know, Cedric is a saint. A nigga from St. Louis, nigga. And we've been to St. Louis. We yeah. do helium. Yeah. Some real niggas out there. He's he's that nigga. I, I once had a photo of me, Craig Robinson, Cedric, Ian Edwards, uh, Corey, not Holcomb, Zoo Man Miller, brother out of Atlanta. And it was, again, one of those pictures of our young days. Young comics all coming up. And, you know, posed together. And Cedric is doing the kneeling down prison pose. And he got a do-rag on and a cigar. Cedric Street nigga. But since Cedric has moved up, the funniest shit is when you see Cedric in certain movies, he's pronouncing his words. You could feel the, the, the extra on the enunciation. And he used to do that one commercial about diabetes. And he would go, sometimes diabetes can make it hard for you to complete ordinary tasks. Like, you just... And I know it might not seem, y'all might not get it, but I'm telling you, he's a street nigga from the streets. And listen, when you graduate in life, when you move up, you comes, you change. And, and you have to conform a, a, to a degree to fit within the new society you're in. Don't sell out, but you make improvements. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just, in certain movies, look at his lips. Really read his lips and the words and listen. And everything. I can't quite put it in, in the right words, but you can see. You just go, that's because the camera's on. It's more obvious if you're watching someone like uh, Magic, when Magic talks, when he's doing the right. you, you really see it in him. But Magic had to improve. Yeah, he had to. Magic, Magic was terrible. But you can see it still when he speaks now. He's right, there's really, some he's yeah, really, trying to, you know. Yeah. 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 I, I, God, I swear if y'all can understand what I'm saying and pick it up, you'll die laughing. Because you can tell it, it's not, nigga, that's not who you really are. But we get it. You, 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 you know, you, you live in a you gated community, nigga. You got Mexicans that cut your grass and white neighbors. Nigga. You, 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 you know? But, it, but the, the entertainment business as a whole, no matter where, you know, there's Don't a- go to your mother's room. God, I wish I could get y'all to understand what I'm saying. Like, like news people, there's an accent that news people have that has no accent. It's supposed to not. It's not supposed to have an accent. It's supposed to be, like, so no matter if you're working on the West Coast, the East Coast, the right. North, or the South, it sounds the same. Right. And that's that's what that's what America 
that's like what America strives in a way that I think that that's I hate that they do that. You know, you, you we brought up T.I. and something else. I love when T.I. speaks. There's a there's such a that southern draw is there and it but and it's so smooth and simple and it's not up overblown southern draw right where well, you can't understand it it's just cool like and that's I I don't ever want to lose all that this is this 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 is like there's a properness to Cedric in certain scenes and movie you can feel it there's like it's and again I it's that line where I you know black people will go. I hate it's a, it's not a compliment when you say to a black person, "Oh, you sound white," because I sound proper. Yeah, because I'm using proper grammar, because I'm articulating properly, I'm enunciating properly. That's being white. No, it's being correct. So I don't. I hate saying properness. I'm just saying like again, I, and that's why I keep saying he's a street. You know when that camera ain't on, he don't talk like that. Jordan. There you go. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. When the camera's on, sometimes I dream it's the brand. You know, Michael Jordan. You know, the kids, you know, it's about the kids. Play the game. And uh, represent for the city of Chicago. When the camera's off, you bitch. You hoe. Woo. We. You know. Why you ain't make that play, you fat-head motherfucker? You ain't make a jump shot, you non-shooting motherfucker. That's who that nigga is from North Carolina. And, and when you win that show, if there was a little bit more of that or a lot more of that. I'll and, and, I, and I'm even saying, look, comedically, let's look at it from that angle. What if Cedric was that street nigga from St. Louis in that show? Yeah. In that setting. But put it, That might up the ante. Put it on Netflix and let it be... Let it be. You know what the best show would be right now is the liberal guy thinking that he's liberal and getting that black neighbor, that St. Louis, that little tougher street guy next door that moved to that neighborhood. Not, and I heard this before, so I'm, I'm quoting someone else, but when he said to his kid, I didn't move here for me. I was fine where I was at. I moved here for you. Right. So the dude from that dude, who moved there for his kids, for opportunity for his kids, moving next door to that family. Not for himself, because he didn't want to be there. Right. That would be the funniest fucking show on TV. Right. That's the show we should write. You should be that. You should be Like, dude, I never really watched the Bernie Mac show when he had his show. I never watched it. I'm wondering if Bernie did the same thing. Because we know who Bernie is, and I don't do a good Bernie impression, but, you know, well, I tell my kids, say, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, my kids will say, I tell them, motherfucker, come in the house and say, that was, I know that wasn't on Fox, was it? No, not like that. And, you know, and, and Bernie changed the accent a little bit to, you know. To, my wife, kids will tell them, motherfucker, kids, nigga, you something bad. <laughs> <laughs> Family Guy, if they did an episode, they would do that. That would, that they if they did an episode and put Bernie in the episode, like the, the Peter Griffin was watching TV. Hmm. I don't do Peter Griffin. Yeah, look at the Bernie Mac show. Hell, hell, motherfucker, the kids, him a kid, I just love that. And then Peter Griffin would come with some subtle but 
fucked up thing to say with, without bad intention, but it comes off that way. Oh, you got to love the blacks and the way they talk. It would be funny if he went... Uh... What's Peter Griffin's wife's name? Lois. Goes in, like he hears Bernie Mac say something. He tries to get cool. Goes into the bedroom. Tries to say some. Tries to. Who put, Peter does that? Try to put some super slick. Ah, to Peter, hold. you're not him. <laughs> you're not him, especially down there. My my Edith, that's Edith Bunker. <laughs> Archie, here's your meet here's your. Um, ooh, what are you watching? The uh, what was the dog's name? Oh, Brian. What are you watching, Brian? It's the Bernie Mac show. Oh, kids, and that motherfucker with my kids. Ooh, a colorful black man who's not articulate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Brian. All right. Raymond Ramon Martinez. Yo, Aries loved the podcast. Didn't know you had one until you went on in Goffrey. And Goffrey, we trust with Andy. What are we doing time-wise? We're doing good. We got like 20 minutes. All right. You, uh, yours and Godfrey's podcast are my favorite podcasts, along with Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. And get some podcasts with Gary Owen. I'm starting from episode one all the way to the newest episode. Keep up the great content. Hope you get recognized for the true talent you have. You need to be on the big screen. $10, a lot of money, until you give 10 Then and not a lot of money. Ha ha, stay up. Yee. Yeah. Me and Andy, professional comics, uh, and you know, when we pull out our badge and sticks and wear our uniform, it's certified. Uh, Ramon, let us do the jokes. <laughs> okay, Ramon, because $10 a lot of money until you give 10 then it's not a lot of money. Ha ha, stay up. Yee. Uh, we agree $10 is not a lot of money. We need 25 for a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Little motherfucker with $10 of money. Yee. All right, I'm running out of gas on that one. Malco Jex. Oh, Malco Jex. What's up, Aries and Andy? This is Hamido. Okay. I'm a 23-year-old black truck driver. The reason I mention black is because trucking is a redneck game, and I deal with them every day. LOL. I listen to your podcast every time you post one. They really make these long hours of driving easy and existing. I've been a fan of your specials since Hollywood. Look, I'm smiling and the comedy blueprint, and I've seen some of your mad TV clips. You're real hilarious. I've even DM you on Instagram a few times, and you reply. That's something you don't see from other celebs, which I find humble of you. And Andy, I know, <clears throat> I just know him through the podcast. Okay, let me get to the point. I was listening to the Chadwick Boseman episode today, and I heard you complaining about he was kind, he was a kind spirit and became this big superhero that we all come to love and how he visits sick kids in a hospital and all of a sudden just died of cancer and how Donald Trump is a terrible human being and he's living, and you question if God is real. Well, you make it sound like if death is some kind of punishment, just because a person is great doesn't mean he or she won't get murdered or get into an accident, or die of an illness. Because at the end of the day, you're going to see him, and a person's death may also be a wake-up call to others. Like, for example, Kobe's death made people turn to their family and made us realize that we can be taken from each other anytime. Every time I go out over the road, I hope and pray that I come back home safely to see my family. God wants us to stay strong, even through tough times and tragedies, and prayer is not a wish, it's just hope. 
because most things you pray for don't actually happen the way you think they should, but it's not something we should give up on. And God is also real patient. If terrible people like Trump don't get punished in this world, in the afterlife they will. You don't know that! But you don't either. Fair enough. Uh, and if God and if good people don't get rewarded in this life, in this afterlife, in this afterlife, they will. In this life, in the afterlife, they will. Uh, I know you're probably not going to want to hear this, but God has a plan. Rest in peace, Chadwick. Yeah, bro, I don't want to get off on a tangent on this because we've been down this road a gazillion billion times. Uh, but you heard it in my, you don't know this. You heard it. You know how I feel. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll be switch up. Like I said, I'm off and on. Some days I'm with it. Some days I'm not. That's my two cents. I think God has a plan too, but I don't think it's an individual plan. As some people think, I don't think, I think it's, it's all part of a bigger thing. Yeah. It's all part of humanity. I don't think that it's one per, I don't, that's when, when you're praying for that one thing as it's, it's not special delivery, but for some people it is because you, you listen to people's individual stories. They go, I can't speak for anybody else. But I know in my life, when I prayed, this happened. And then there are other people who go like him. You pray for shit and it don't come. But I've said this, a numbers game. Some will, some won't. But some... For those that will, you'll go, yay, God. For those that don't, womp, womp, womp. But some of the things that you see as negative turn out, can turn out, can turn out to be blessings in the end. Okay. Because some things that went wrong and you didn't get what you prayed for, what you wanted... And that leads to something else or something else happens because of it. Like, well, uh, I'm not going to give it examples. I just think that life is is more, we, we see it at such a small rate. Right. I, I think it's much bigger than us. All right. Uh, from Danny Malone. And he puts in caps. Yo! That's That's the episode. The skit at the end of podcast 43, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the system fucker. Caps, shit was hilarious. I damn near pissed myself laughing. Keep that funny coming, bro. Yes, folks. So if you haven't heard it, episode 43, at the end of that skit or uh, podcast, we did that skit. Uh, we had a cartoon made. Go to our Twitter, uh, Spears and Steinberg. It should be up there. Look at it. I guarantee you, if it made you laugh without the visual, this is pussy without the panties being pushed to the side. This is the panties all the way off. <laughs> Miss Fowler, are you there? Miss Fowler, hello. Uh, I was skipping through some of this because a lot of this is religion. And I just don't want to. Maybe we should have we should get some religious mm. people on the podcast. Oh yeah, well you know I, I thought you was gonna say maybe we should do a whole hour of religion. No, and then we should we should read some of these. Emails. You know that's one of my wet fantasies, nigga. I want to get a pastor, a real priest, to talk to. Let, let's do it. Okay. Um, from Bobby Gillespie, uh, I like that. It's kind of got a jazz feel to it. Bobby Gillespie. Now about that beat, skitty about dizzy Bleep. Bobby. Skip up. All right. Uh, hey, what's up, A and A? 
I like that. Yeah. Incidentally, I had a dude who hit me up on Instagram who said his attention span isn't good and we should change the name of the podcast because he feels that if we change the name, it would draw more people. So then he said, instead of calling it Spears and Steinberg, call it Aries and Andy or Aries and Steinberg. I said, all you did was change a word. Yeah, but That's it, the drawing point? But it is shorter. I, I, you know, when you're looking up things, too, on the Internet, it's shorter is better. But we could have done A&S. A A S N A N S because it's, we're both. It sounds like S and M. Yeah, it does. It well, sounds like could have been A N A. Could have been A N A, but that sounds like you know we have a, we have a drinking problem. Ass and anuses. Yes. <laughs> All right. My name is Bobby. I'm a 28 year old black guy from Dayton, Ohio. First off, I'd like to let you guys know how much I love the podcast. You guys are awesome, Aries. I've been a fan of yours since Jerry Maguire and Out of Sync with LL Cool J. LOL. I DM'd you a few weeks ago asking you about the movie Killing Them Softly, starring Brad Pitt and featuring the late, great James Gandolfini and a list of other heavy hitters that I won't name. I'm so glad he brought James Gandolfini up because it's something I want to I do. Um, that I won't name. Anyway, you said you thought the movie was ass. LOL. Why is that? I liked it. What I like most about it is that they incorporated the political side that goes along with running a criminal enterprise. In some ways kind of like the same way they did with the on the Sopranos. Andy, I first saw you when you guys were on Nori's Drink Champs podcast. I thought to myself, why is Aries running with this corny white boy? I call you a white boy because if some shit was to go down, you're white. Not Jewish, not Mexican, but white, LOL. All jokes aside, Andy, you're a cool cat, and I can't wait to see you perform live. Aries Gemstar from Instagram is a total smoke show. You have is that a good thing? Yeah. <laughs> Thera. Uh, you have immaculate taste in women. Andy doesn't know what he's talking about. I can tell Andy likes those 110-pound pasty white women that looks dead, even though they're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, but go on. Shake my head. Anyway, Aries, what are your thoughts? On Kenya Barris's Netflix show, Black as Fuck. Could you see yourself working with Kenya Barris alongside you and Dave Chappelle? Louis C.K. is one is one of my third favorite comedian. He's one of my third favorite comedian. You got two third famous comedians? One of the two. Oh, is yeah. that what he meant to say? There's a tie for three. Okay. So I that's right? No, he didn't get it right, but I, I was just trying to help him out. It should have just been, he's my third favorite comedian. All right. Uh, <laughs> I suck at whistling. You know what I said? The $10 loan one? Yes. Okay. Uh, and I had the pleasure of attending Chappelle's summer camp in Yellow Springs, Ohio, and it featured Danielle Rawlings <clears throat> with Louis C.K. as the headliner, and Dave Chappelle was the host, along with a few other B and C list comedians. The show was awesome, but the whole time I was there, I couldn't help but think, how cool would it be if the Jew and the Jerk or on the ticket with Dave Chappelle hosting. Oh my God, I would lose my shit. Aries, please learn to keep your mouth shut sometimes. <laughs> this nigga. <laughs> Play nice with others. So you so we, your fans, can start to see you on the big screen and television again. Oh, and I will be at the September eleventh Indianapolis show. Can't wait. Bobby, why didn't you say anything, man? God damn. Um dude, 
Have you ever heard James Gandolfini talk outside of The Sopranos yeah. in an interview? Uh, only one. It's mind-blowing. He sounds nothing like Tony. No. That that's great. That's how great he was. He's an actor. Yes, like he put on the Jersey accent with the Italian flavor. Come out of crazy, crazy. I can't, you know. But dude, he did it. There was an interview I saw of him on sixty minutes, like a minute long, where he's describing the guy asks asks him, "Why does The Sopranos work?" And dude, to hear him speak, not as Tony. It felt fucking weird, cause I'm going, hey, Tony. He's supposed to sound like that. He sounds nothing like fucking Tony Soprano in real life. Um, let me let me play this for y'all. Y'all gotta hear this. His scene in Get Shorty. There's a couple scenes he's in Get Shorty. I think is just hysterically funny. Right, James Gandolfini. Yeah, um, and this is kind of what I'm going back to with the Cedric thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, come on, man. But everybody's playing, but that's a nice example. Everybody's playing a character. I mean, everybody in, we're all playing characters. Yeah, but come on, man. But, yeah, but James Gandolfini isn't that character either. He's an actor, though. He's an actor. Cedric is an actor. Your character is remarkable. I mean, the, 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 the... Even when you're not being violent, there's this this violence that seems like it's going to burst out any second. To what extent were you, are you responsible for that, and to what extent did David Chase create the character? A little bit of both. I mean, I have a little bit of a temper, but it's, you know, a useless temper. <laughs> doesn't accomplish anything generally. It's just a lot of ranting and raving and nothing. But uh, So David probably saw that and put it in, into the character. I'm not Tony Soprano by any means. You know, it's an exaggeration of everything. Um... But there are seeds there, which David Yeah, I saw. think so. After four or five years, there are seeds. One reason people, you know, are good at certain characters after a long time is because the writers see stuff and they put it in, and it makes life easier for you. You know, he's not going to have me, um, I don't know what, sing or something, you know what I mean? There's certain things that are in my nature, and he'll, I think he'll write certain things like that. But he also stretches the char- all the characters and challenges everybody, and everybody steps up. He talks fast. That's crazy, How man. fast he talks. Yeah, and I mean, and t- again, I, I I can't do a Tony Soprano, but you know, Chris, it, 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 it's something in Tony. Yeah, that's completely different. Like it, it, when you watch Soprano, the the character is thinking as he's speaking. Like you can see, like like he's trying to tell you something, right? And in there, when he was telling, he already knew what he was saying. And he was saying, and he was talking about this fast. He's talking about this fast because he right. knows what he's doing. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this interview. It, That's it, remarkable, man. It, That's spooky. Well, yeah, I, but that, that he's a trained actor. I mean, like when we're talking about comedians, there's really good comedian right. actors that become great actors. Right. But you have to want to become a great actor, I think. These guys, this is what they train for. A lot of these guys do stage. Right. I mean, could you, can you imagine doing stage? Right, right. You have to be present the whole time you're on the stage because you know when you're when you're doing a TV show or when you're doing a movie, you know when you're in the frame, then you're on the movie. The rest of the time, you can be doing whatever you want to. These people have to be on the whole time that 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 they're on that stage. Right. There's so much more to this acting thing. I think it's an underappreciated sport. Right. 
Something that uh, some of you guys may pick up on or haven't picked up on, and again, this is inside shit because you're in the industry. Certain movies and certain scenes, when a character walks into a scene, for a a, a millisecond, they look down. They look down and look back up. You know why they do it? They're finding their mark. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you won't notice it as a regular Joe because you just don't look for it. But when you know and you've been in the industry, you go, up, look down, he's looking for his mark. And it's so quick. They say, you know, if you pay, especially in some of the older sitcoms where they weren't used to TV yet, they were used, they were maybe a movie that they had done. Uh A lot of movie actors make this mistake. Uh, they'll be in the scene, and because they're not the lead in the scene, they're not right. the focus, but they're still on camera, but kind of off to the side. They they lose their they, yeah they, 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 yeah yeah they don't they, they lose track of the scene. Yeah, and and this is why I'm saying part of acting is reacting, and that gets lost because you're not doing anything. But that's just as vital as when it's time for you to speak, because. And that's what I'm saying about Chris Rock. Look at Chris Rock's movies. Look at his face. He's, you could see it in his eyes. He's, he's analyzing, oh, okay, my, my turn is coming. I have my timing. I got to be ready to respond. Instead of when a great actor, he, a great actor almost knows his lines and yours. Yeah. Most people don't memorize the other person's dialogue. They memorize theirs. And Pacino was on inside the actor's studio, and he once said, know the lines so well that you don't have to think. Because if you don't have to think, now you're free to act. You're, you're the character. Right. If you're, if you're thinking, it's stopping you from acting. And let, let me be honest with you, especially with a movie, that's a lot of fucking dialogue if you memorize them both. And you don't have to. You can memorize yours and still be dynamic, but I'm just saying, like, reacting, that even when I do shit, I'm, I'm going, what is this character saying to me that as I'm listening should be getting something from me? Yeah, because the reaction is part of the conversation. Yes. But you know who's really – this is this is the genius of Larry David and, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know he doesn't write he, – he, what are the things he hated about Seinfeld was writing the details of Seinfeld. He writes the idea, basically, like what has to be said. Right. And then like he writes, a blueprint. Yeah, what, what needs to be conveyed in the scene. Right. But then he gives opening lines and then the, the pieces that they have to hit. But he lets he rather have actors, like you just said, that can act, to react to the other people mm-hmm. so that that becomes, they make the story. It's not written. That's why. Well, well, curb your enthusiasm is supposed to be all improv. It's, all that, it's that blueprint that's given out where they right. have to hit. And then, like, J.B. Smooth, that's why J.B. Smooth is so good on that show. Because he's just, you know, he's just crazy the way... You know, right. And that, that fit into the, to the character of how he just taught... And he goes right. into these little tangents. It just fits perfectly. And some people... It's, to, to be able to improv like that is, is, is the skill set. Right. Uh, do you watch that show? I, I do when, uh, when I have HBO. And I have HBO now, so I'll, I'll probably catch it. And you liked on. it? Kirby enthusiasm? Yeah, yeah. I like Curb. I like Curb. I like Seinfeld. I really thought they were they were interesting shows, really well written. Right. Uh, but like, and when I say well written, the the idea of what Larry David puts out, and and if we get people to work with that, he gets to work with them to make the story happen. I auditioned for that show once. He was not feeling me at all. Really? Yeah. He wasn't feeling me at all. 
And then I rode back on a plane with him. I sat next to him in first class coming back from Miami. And I just said to him, I didn't mention I kind of mentioned that, but I said, hey, man, you you know, obviously my boy J.B. Smooth works with you on that show. And he just said, oh, yeah, yeah. And that was it. Well, I, I, you the person that he is isn't a very comfortable person. Right. Is, is a human. Like, right. he's, he has a hard time in his skin. Right. So, yeah, I, the, the fact that he smiled and said anything, I think it's pretty good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I wouldn't want to meet him. He's no? One of those, he's one of those people. Because uh, you intimidated? No, I just don't think that I would like him. You know, I would lose. Oh, you definitely wouldn't like him. And I would lose the, the, the fondness that I have for the character. I, unfortunately, I feel like I'm a lot like that character. I think that I'm as, as fucked up no, as that character. No, not, not, not to that degree. Not, no, not to that degree. But right. I, I think I, I have a lot of issues like that. Like, I, in my head, my fantasy, I wanted to turn him and go, it's because I ain't J.B. Smooth, nigga. <laughs> uh, Rashad Simmons. I had to pull over and email you after hearing my emails. First off, thanks for being a good sport. I was just fucking with you for the most part. Secondly, your spot. Now, I'm going to say this now. Now, I'm glad, Rashad. I like you, nigga. I've been on the fence with you a lot. But after that dude who I described in that email or that DM'd me on my Instagram, see, I could tell you laughing with me, whereas that other dude was laughing at me. You know, you don't just... You kick me in the balls, nigga, but you give me something to eat first. That nigga just came out the gate. You fat, gooey, fat black nigga. <laughs> what do you mean? I just, I'm laughing not at what he said, but just the fact that that's how you would start off your conversation with anybody. Yeah, because he really don't, he got, he, yeah, he liked the podcast, but he also is being a dick. So, um, secondly, you're spot on with your observations about us blacks and that God bullshit. I'm so over this whole God shtick. That nigga don't exist. Also, if you ban me from listening to the podcast, I'm going to have to sneak and do it. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like this nigga. He's almost like, uh, you know, back in the, in the day when in the movies in the black and white, when the little kid would hang around the gangsters. And no matter how much the gangsters told him get lost, the kid kept showing up. And eventually the gangsters were like, you're all right, kid. And he flips him a shiny quarter and rubs him on the top of his head. You're all right, kid. You finally earned your stripes with me. I wish I could pat you on your head, Rashad, and flip you a shiny quarter. Um, this is truly the best podcast out. Lastly, nigga, fucking 18-year-old women for a man as old as me is a rarity. But when the opportunity presents, I'll always answer the call. <laughs> I'm not mad at him for it, though. I'm not. Keep that nigga's number on speed dial with the popo. Dude, if if, if 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 an adult female likes you and you have a connection, she's eighteen, Andy. She's an adult. She's eighteen, Andy. There's, a, there's some eighteen-year-olds that are older than twenty-five-year-olds. She's eighteen, Andy. I'm just saying that's legal. I'm not. I'm not saying that I would that, do that. That, that. I'm just saying I respect his decisions. That, that pussy barely got the peach fur on it. No, nah, I just had it for a while. All right. FFB332 Mob Williams. Hey, Aries, what's up? This email is about a movie. I always hear you guys talk about since I can remember me listening to you. And one of my niggas been telling me about it. The, the movie Heat. Oh, yeah. yeah. How the fuck did I miss this shit? I just saw it for the first time yesterday. Great fucking movie. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. What a masterpiece. And my favorite part of the movie is where the, there are seats... 
favorite part of the movie is where there are seats down having a conversation about the good guy versus bad guy. Wow. Now, my question to you and that fucking Jew, you, okay, is what two great actors can you see doing the same part as good or better? And nigga, not Arnold Schwarzenegger and Stallone, which was a bit I did in my Hollywood look. I'm not, Hollywood look, I'm smiling. I know you said that in one of your stand-up funny shit, but give me two great actors. P.S. Please bring back Paul Mooney, nigga. Questions the best shit on YouTube, please. Um, Denzel, of course. You know I'm going to say Denzel. And uh, I don't want to just say a black actor. Denzel and, nah, Tom Hanks is too nice. Lawrence Fishburne, man. Do what I got to do. Keeps me hot on my toes where I got to be. You know, there's a flip side to that coin. I might have to chase you down. Keep me on my toes where I got to be. I'm just trying to think <clears throat> of who, like, at that stat. It's not just the status. It's the acting ability. You know yeah. who I like that never gets, that plays a lot of different characters, and I would like to see him as a, as a bad guy more? Hmm. Paul Giamatti. Do you know who he is? Yeah, but his height. Is yeah, what yeah. takes it out of but it for I me. But I think he could, he plays a part that I think he could be nasty. He's an acting a phenom, but his height, nigga. Yeah, well, he's shorter than you. Uh, Al Pacino ain't tall. True, but that's Al, nigga. <laughs> that's Al. I'm just trying to think of of like people that you wouldn't normally think of. You know who that scene would be great as, and this is where I really wish I could do a great walking. Denzel and Christopher Walken. You know, it keeps me hot. I'm a toes. Where I got to be? <laughs> All right, but you know there's a flip side to that coin. All right, or hot on my toes. Where I got to be? Huh? Come, my time and come. I can take you down. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, only got a few more, man. Where are we at? Um... We're, we're we're there. We're right around there. I wanted to save one for last because it's you, really a good one. You wouldn't put George Clooney? Would you? Would you put George Clooney in a part? How about George? Clooney? George Clooney's handsomeness almost gets in the way. But he's a good actor, though. He is. But what have you really seen him in that's meaty? Uh, like you could go Denzel, John Q. You could go De Niro, Cape Fear. You could go Pacino, Dick I, Tracy. Uh, you could go Pacino, Godfather. What have you seen George Clooney in? I got, I got a good one. I got a good, for him. No, 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 not for good for Clooney. I got a better actor, um, and I'm going to forget his name. But I'm going to tell you, he was also in The Usual Suspects. He played the the guy who talked funny, uh, Benicio del Toro. He Benicio del Toro as one as the bad guy, but he can't be Spanish doing it because when he plays Spanish, that accent it's thick. He, it he gets played, in the way. Played, he played Italian. All right. Yeah. Benicio and who? I don't know. You got to put him up against somebody. Who are we going to put him up against? Let me. I, I think he's. How about hell. Christopher Walker? Or is Christopher Walker too cartoonish? <laughs> See, it could can get too cartoonish. He could be de- against Denzel. Yeah. I, I, I think he's. An, that's another person I think is an underrated actor that I think has fucking chops. Mm-hmm. Benicio del Toro. Yeah. He was great in traffic. Yeah. Yeah. He was kick ass in traffic. 
Um, There's some dudes out there that I think just fucking just need that scene. But I mean, he's 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 successful. It's not like they're not successful. But I mean, it's just not they're not like uh, right every day at home. Everybody knows who they are. People right. Um, this is from Black Sinatra. Uh, what's okay. up, Aries and Eddie? I want to read this one and two more, and then we're good. Okay. Uh, just finished the latest episode, and hearing you guys talk about Sharon Stone's tits made me reminisce on my first pair of titties I saw in a movie. Now, Aries, correct me if I'm wrong, but you did say that this was your first pair of tits you saw in a movie, right? If not, what was? Death Wish. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, what age? Yeah, I was way too young to be in that movie theater. But do you remember the scene? Do you remember it? I like tomorrow. The the the, the best titty scene that I ever remember. Oh, the best titty scene, and that's a different question. That you remember? He said first titties. Okay. okay. But the best one that you oh. remember that, that just stood out to you oh. where you never forget that that scene. Stood out, nigga, they popped out. I wonder if it's the same one. You tell who who you going for? Trading places. No. But that's a good one. Dude, for a white guy, that's a good one. Dude, when that happened? Yes. I was like and I'll never forget great tits. and I'll never forget I'll always remember those titties. Nigga Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, I was I was already older though. Dude, oh, when Apollonia undid that brazier, you almost heard for each tit doing. It was, it was oh. That was cool, but it was Prince's Prince's line in that cooler afterwards after she got out of the water. What was the line? That's not Lake Minnetonka. Oh, nigga, I was <laughs> covered in semen at that point. Nigga. <laughs> She, she's like, how did I do? She goes, how was that? Or something. And he goes, that's, that's not like Minnetonka. Minnetonka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, uh, what age? And your thoughts at the moment, and did it start to spark the interest in the opposite sex? Because nigga, he writes, all I could think about was titties after my first time seeing them. Also, same question for Andy, which he just answered. Even though Andy will probably bring up an actress in the black and white flicks from back in the day, all jokes, Andy. But I'll tell you mine. The first pair of tits I ever saw was Demi Moore in the movie Striptease. Which was awesome. Whoa. Oh, let me tell you guys something off the rip. This set my nine-year-old ass on a white woman frenzy that lasted till I was damn near 20. It was just something about pink nipples and tan lines that fucked me up. Not to mention all of the holy shit. I don't even think I have the rest of this shit. Uh, but yeah, we get where you going, Black Sinatra. Um, dude, let me tell you something. I always thought Demi Moore was sexy. And I liked as she got older, the raspiness and her voice. Voice was this. Man, that movie, was it called Disclosure? What was the movie with her and Mike Douglas about sexual harassment? Oh, yeah. I don't remember the name and of it. She said to him, get back in here and finish what you started. <laughs> when she was trying to give him head and at first he was going for it and she was unbuckling his belt buckle as she was on her knees and the, the dick was in face position and then he fucking struggled and pushed her away and she ran after him with her bra, her shirt open and the titties in the bra and oh, you get back here and fit. Oh, I wish a bitch would talk like that to me. <laughs> get, 
back here and finish what you started. I would never yank dick away from a woman. But to command me like that, you get back here and you, oh. <sighs> Pussy got heat coming off it, man. Is a heat wave when you see in the distance the little like it moves? Yeah. yeah. The act heat is coming off that vagina. Oof. <laughs> That's a steam facial, nigga. All right. Uh, I want to read these next two and we out of here. This is from Jamie Chung. Dear Aries and Andy, my name is Jamie Chung. I'm black. I listen to your podcast a lot. I'm glad I was late to the finding out about it. Now I have so much to binge. I have something I want to say. First off, I want to say that I've watched Sopranos over again because of you guys. Now, that show isn't my generation. I'm in my 20s, so I'm more Breaking Bad and Power. So when compared to Power, Sopranos had excellent acting. Compared to Power. Is that a diss? To Power? Well, no. The, but it, I don't think it's a diss on Power. I think it's just that oh, okay. the, you know, Sopranos had great acting. Like that show... And the dialogue was flawless. I love power, but the ending didn't do it for me. The son in that is such a bad actor. I think Breaking Bad is better, but only because I was there for that. Like when people talk about Kobe versus Jordan, I feel like people's age had to do a lot with their opinions. Like I grew up after Tupac, but I still know him and Biggie as the best. But my friend's little brother told me the other day that Soldier Boy is a legend. <laughs> Soldier Boy is the father of this garbage rap. I get it. Sometimes our heroes depend on the era. Next thing, I love how you say nigga so openly. Miss Fowler. I got all my coworkers listening to the podcast, and the amount of times you say nigga makes the white ones feel uncomfortable. I fucking love it. <laughs> I feel like as a black man, we feel pressured to not say nigga around white people a lot. I feel like we should start saying it more. We need to remind them of their past and exclude them at the same time. I think black people need to be unapologetically black. Third, Andy, you are so funny. I listen to you as you try to pick and choose your words. Sounds like Cedric, right? Yeah. You talk ordinary tasks. You talk like you're in a verbal minefield. I often time agree with your opinions, but you back down sometimes. Maybe you do it because you're white. But I feel like y'all need to have the hard conversations regular people don't have. Finally, to Aries. I've been a big fan since Mad TV. I've watched your stand-up, and I'm a big fan. I even watched your interviews. Let me get off your nuts and call you out and just say that you know for a fact that Kevin Hart isn't funny. No, I don't, brother. I really don't. I think Kevin is fucking hilarious, and I think he's, a, he's an amazing fucking talent. I really do. Um, and he's funny as shit in his movies. Uh whenever he comes up, I feel like you're not saying how you really feel. All these generic options about him. Maybe you spoke on it, but I didn't hear the podcast. But he isn't funny. He's just the white man's chosen nigga at the moment. I know what funny is. I watch your stand-up, Dave, Eddie's, Patrice's, Richards. Y'all are, are funny. This nigga isn't funny. Watch his comedy specials. Look at the crowd. So much smirks and forced laughing. Not... No bust out, losing your shit, can't breathe, I'm dying laughing. He is the worst. Thank you, Jamie. 
Jamie Chung. So I automatically assume you are part uh, Patanus. Dude, I don't think that's a fair assessment on Kevin Hart, though. I don't either. But I I, I will agree with this, though. When he said this, didn't his pairing with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart seem a little bit kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, where they want to do the... Junior? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, you know, physically that works, comedically. That that kind of... You can put your eyes in that kind yeah, of perspective. Yeah, physically it's funny looking, yeah. you know? It, it just has that... It, it has that contrived little bit of vibe to it, that's all. Yeah, but listen, at the end of the day, man, the box office receipts is what it's all, all about. about. And uh, that smoking gun ain't stop smoking. No, you sell tickets, you sell seats. Anyway, uh, Kevin Hart. Uh, need to go over there Because uh, look Bam Here it is Bam He's making other people money too He's bringing yeah, other people man. up man yeah. I, I have nothing bad to ever say about Kevin Hart Yeah um, Big shout out to Jay Farrow Who does probably the best Kevin Hart impression I've ever seen uh, And my man C. King is not bad either um, Last one Juanita Hill Wasn't that the chick from the yeah. scandal? Yeah Clarence Thomas That's, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hello, I am a long-time listener of Spears and Steinberg. Love it. Take that, Miss Fowler. Love it. I also emailed you before, and you read it on air, so now I am a fan for life. Mm. I would love for you to share my story on air of a recent incident between my 12-year-old son and a police officer. I'm not assuming any misconduct on the officer's part because I know they are trained to shoot first and ask questions later. Anyway, my son was doing work. Did I read this one about the NFL and her son and the black cop? He ended up being black. I thought he was white, but she later says he's black. I don't think so. I feel like I read this one. Oh, I got to do a better job of paying attention to what's been read and what's not. Um, uh, I am not a superman's kind of trained to shoot first. Course. Anyway, my son was doing workouts in the backyard of our home. He is passionate about playing football, so he was getting prepared for tryouts this year. My son has never been in trouble. He is an honor roll student and hopes to play in the NFL one day. I'm so proud. So he he was approached by un 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 uninformed un uninformed or ununiformed by uninformed police officer with his gun drawn. The officer ordered my son to the ground and my son immediately complied. I ran outside when I saw this, and the first thing I noticed was my son shaking uncontrollably and crying on the ground. My motherly instinct took over, and I yelled at the officer to leave him alone. When the officer noticed me, he put his gun away. My son was not physically injured, but was emotionally traumatized. He refuses to work out in the backyard now, but did recently make the football team. The officer's story made no sense then and still doesn't. After almost a month now, the officer was apparently looking for a suspect wearing gray shorts and a black shirt with no other description. Literally, this could have been anyone. My son still asks, my son still asks, but why did he have to pull out his gun? I have no answer, and it's because there is no answer. There is no way this should have happened, period. The officer came back later crying and apologizing. For this reason, I did not report, did not file a report. I believed he was sincere, but I do hope that my story prevents this from happening to anyone else. I hope that any police officers that listen to your program will have more compassion for black people and understand that we don't want to hurt them. We are just trying to survive day by day just like them. 
Thanks for listening. And this is the 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 curveball. The officer was black in case you were wondering. So prior to me reading that last line, you would assume it was a white cop. Yeah. But now he's black. So what do you make of this? Well, because it couldn't have been racial. But why would the cop do that? I I think that I really think that cops are nervous that they're going. And I I believe cops are very nervous that they're very. Uh, you you don't clean think that so? Up. You got to clean that up. I I didn't say because because when you just say, well, I believe cops are nervous. You just made that seem like that's the reason why cops be fucking with niggas. No 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 no, just no, no, no 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 because this isn't this isn't a white cop. We're talking about a black cop. I think that the, I I don't know if it's. The, listen, I have no idea what it is. I don't know if it's the training that that they feel like everybody that they approach is going to, uh, especially black folks. Every black folks that they approach are going uh, are a threat. But it seems like the police are. I, and I don't want. I don't want to say this outwardly like this because I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm overstating something, but. It seems like that's the training. That's the protocol that you are. In. I think they train you that you have a, a tenth of a second to make a life and a death decision. The police as a collective at some point don't start to say everybody we approach with no gun is dark. We kill. Maybe they nervous. How could, don't you think they nervous? Well, my brother had a better point because uh, he he was in the military and they have rules of engagement. That are way different, and they go to prison. You know, you know this the what, what's that thing called that we brought up there, where the, the police don't get sued or the they have the they have that protection, whatever right. it is. Right. I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it. The law. Yeah, the they have the law that protects them <laughs> right. from when when they do something that if it wasn't proven to be malice or intention that the, the, they were defending themselves. Right. I mean, they go to prison. You know, in the military, in the military, they have rules of engagement. They have distances before they're allowed to even shoot anybody. Like the, the idea of someone running away and shooting him, and they said, "Well, he could have, he had the." That wouldn't fly in the military. Mm-hmm. And if the military can do it under situations where they're enemy combatants, these are people that you you're, you're fighting a war against, and they have to follow that procedure. How does the people that are policing? Streets with people that are on the same team. Now, there's good people. There's there's, there's people doing bad shit. That's the, without a doubt. But also, same thing in the military. They're getting blown up. They're getting. Uh, they're being engaged by people who are intending to hurt them, and they still have to follow these procedures. I don't understand how it's so. Uh, able to happen freely in this country with our policing. And when you read about all the other countries and how much training goes into it, we need to spend money in a different way. If this were a TV show, this might happen. But even though it's not, I think maybe it should happen. Uh, And I'm not trying to downplay your son's traumatization, but maybe the only way he gets over this is if you're single, you marry this black cop. And this black cop becomes your son's stepdad. And then they both get through this trauma together. But, you know, just being real, though, though, for a second, and I know that that was funny, but how do you think that the black cop is affected by it? 
No, no. Well, no. she said he damn near cried and apologized. I mean, this. I, I think there's there's some identity crisis I, I, in this I, I, situation I, I, I going can't, on. Unless this cop is black on the outside but really white on the inside. If he's a real brother, I don't even understand how it got to that. Well, you know, on the radio, when the call goes over the radio, and uh, listen, we know plenty of times that white officers, and I've saw it. I saw it in Phoenix. They just had a, a tape of this happening in Phoenix, where they're looking for a white guy, and the cop stops two black men at gunpoint. So. We already know that part. But if you get a call that there's a person in gray shorts, no shirt, and they say that they're armed, be on the lookout, armed, dangerous, I mean, you're going to go in there with your gun out. Okay. But then at some point, don't you make a judgment call and go, that's a kid. Yeah. And he looks like he's working out. He's not going to have a gun in his hand. But. Okay, I finally did see a little bit of that when you when you went to the bathroom today. Right, I did see a little bit of that video where the they, they shoot the cop. Yes, it looks like a kid. Well, they did. I mean, you know, DL did say it was his, it was shot from above. Not only that, because of the lens, it looked guy looks shorter than he really is because it's kind of like a fish lens. But you don't know who's. I mean, you don't know who's coming to her. I'm not trying. This is. I'm just saying. Not only that, the cop went back. He's apologizing. He's crying. How do you feel? Listen, I have no connection to this. I can't connect to this whatsoever. As the black cop, how do you feel that you just did that to a, a, a young black child? Especially if you are a legit black man, knowing what we know. So what is what's happening at the police academy? Damn. Listen, I, I believe, and I, I, I'm going to say this and get the pencil ready. I, I do believe we need a. Damn, a, a, you just showed your age. Yeah, uh, get the pencil. Get pencil ready. <laughs> I do believe there needs to be a good police department, but a good police department. And I think the police should. When when we talk about defunding, I don't think that they should be going out on all these calls. You get a call for someone that's having uh, mental disorders. They're not equipped to that. Maybe, maybe it's a or it's a special service where it's a cop and a, and a special uh, you know servant uh, worker that works with people in this condition. We just need to change. Uh, there has to be some tactical change right. because, like you just said, you expected it to be a white dude when you read that. There's something that goes on in this training, man. How is that possible? Right. That a black man would be afraid of a black child. Yeah, that, that threw me for a loop, man. Because, I, I, you know, again, prior to reading that line, I was like, oh, you know, sound like typical another day in the life of... And then she said, a black cop. I'm like, what? There's a lot more questions to this story. Yeah. Um, I hope there's an episode two, but does it end harshly? I, I like yours. The, the end. Yeah, I think that's, you know, maybe the son needs to... Catch that cop doing some shit. But it would be to his mom. Yeah, now everybody traumatized. <laughs> she traumatized because her son saw that shit. Hmm. That's the name of the family, the traumatizers. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Thank you, baby. Uh, I hope that works out for him. I really do. Uh, and listen, don't worry about your son too much because trust me, if that nigga get to the NFL between that money and all that white pussy. He'd be traumatized with some good shit. Or just traumatized. That too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to be somewhere. 
Yeah. Uh, we'll let you know. Might even have to edit in something to let you know. <laughs> but uh, love y'all, man. Thank you for hanging out. Again, please, $10 a lot of money t-shirts. People on Instagram, on, I mean, Twitter under Spears and Steinberg. Our website, Spears and Steinberg, should be up and running by this time. I think the website's Spearsburg. Spearsburg. Yes. Yeah, S-P-E-A-R-S-B-E-R-G. Uh, go to my website, AerieSpears.com. Please check out Aerie Spears Movie Madness. Uh, it's a fun game. Download it. Give me some feedback. Let me know what's good, what's not, if you understand it. It's really simple. Uh, it's a really simple game uh, that you can play anywhere, and it's a lot of fun, and it tests how stupid you are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, all that good shit. Hits 101. Thank you. Uh, and I'm out ya. AndyComedy.com. All my social media is uh, somewhere on there. And, uh, man, thanks to all the people who've been listening. Thanks for continuing to support, man. Appreciate we growing, it. baby. We up. Why? <laughs> Can you feel it, baby?